1: You've tuned in, now you're going to get turned on to The Geek Show. I'm Quentin Flynn, people know me as Axel, who says, got it memorized, you should. The Geek Show, it rocks. Hello and welcome to The Geek Show, the flagship show, unsurprisingly, of The Geek Show Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and today I'm joined by a Rob. Hello. And that's the Rob I'm joined by, not the other one.
2: Who is woefully ill today.
1: Oh, so he says. Oh, so he kind of. murmurs. (laughs) murmurs.
2: <laughs> it's a conspiracy, I tell you. Anyway, how are you this week, Andrew?
1: I'm I relatively well for someone who found out about an hour and a half ago they were doing a podcast.
2: <laughs> well, I shall attempt to uh, bring you some semblance of amusement. Because Excellent. I, I also, have... Speaking
1: of amusement, yes? fun fact, Oh. turns out an hour and a half is definitely not enough time to research all of recorded history.
2: This is true.
1: But that's a fun bit of foreshadowing for later on.
2: Yep. Um, but
1: not for right now, because it's the
2: news. No, it is the news. Um, where am I going? No, 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 no. Don't do that. Do this. Yes. Um, Amazon. You okay there, Rob. Yeah, we're in the news. It's fine. Everything's working. It's okay.
1: Do not look at the man
2: behind the curtain. Yes. Keep your eyes on me. Look at me, look at me, look at my eyes. Which you can't do, because we're on a podcast. I've just realised how stupid that was. Um... Amazon, Amazon, stick with Amazon and what they're doing, which is also kind of stupid. Amazon uh looking at working with Warner Brothers to make their very own TV show about Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, oh boy. More Lord of the Rings. Yep. That's... Because apparently three three-hour-long movies weren't enough. Nope. And then another three three-hour-long movies. It's not enough.
2: It's the. <laughs> No, I can't say that. Can't make any jokes about Peter Jackson's ring. Um.
1: Surely, surely it's not Peter Jackson doing it. <coughs> surely by this point, just if someone walks up him and says the word Lord the Rings, he just starts screaming.
2: I don't know. Um, basically, the idea is that with Game of Thrones coming to an end at some point, there's allegedly going to be a hole in people's lives, and Amazon's CEO, Jeff Bezos has gotten personally involved in a series of negotiations between Amazon Studios, Warner Brothers TV, and the Tolkien Estate to bring the seminal trilogy of books to the small screen when you could bring them to the small screen by buying the DVD or Blu-ray.
1: So so literally it's going to be the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yep. Uh, Why? I don't know. Who out there is saying... Gosh, I like these Lord of the Rings films, but I wish I could see them with worse special effects.
2: Oh, who out there is saying, Gosh, I like these Lord of the Rings films, but I wish they were a bit more like Game of Thrones. So, lots of nudity, sex, incest, and a lot more violent.
1: Game of Thrones only happened because Lord of the Rings was so successful. Oh my god, it's become an Ouroboros. Yes <laughs> it,
2: it is. It's
1: like just eating its own tail and probably having sex with its own sister at the same time
2: yeah i'm not gonna make any jokes (laughs) about eating tails or anything like that because i'll get shouted at again
1: (gasps) but do you know what this means rob what with a full tv series we'll finally have time for tom bombadil oh
2: god no please no not tom bombadil
1: everyone loves pop tom bombadil (laughs) The random forest man who shows up and is apparently an all-powerful god, but won't take the one ring because reasons.
2: Yeah. Or, or, or. Oh, God. Maybe they'll, uh, remember that, uh, what was that uh, TV show that David Jason used to do on ATV? Um, The Darling Buds of May. That was it. Maybe they'll do that, but with Farmer Giles of Ham.
1: Your references really aren't hitting our target demographic, Rob.
2: No, they're not. But that was the book that the, the two were together, weren't they? Farber Giles of Ham and The Adventures of Tom Bombadil were all were published in one book together.
1: I mean, I've, I've scrubbed a lot of Lord of the Rings, the book, from my mind. Controversial statement time. It's not a very good book.
2: That's not controversial. I've been saying that for, like, 20 years.
1: It's, in fact, it's a very bad book.
2: Yes. So, and the oh, is... God,
1: oh God, Oh they're going to put in all the Elvish singing as well, aren't they?
2: Oh no, no.
1: Literally every episode, they're going to stop and camp and have a meal and a sing song.
2: No, you're going to get Galadriel telling Legolas, don't listen to the cry of the gull on the shore.
1: Oh Rob, <laughs> this isn't a good idea. No,
2: <laughs> no it's not.
1: Also, the way you phrased this initially, I'm just picturing like, Amazon executives looking at all the Game of Thrones props and saying, "I bet we can reuse these."
2: I bet that's actually what happened. I w- I would put good money on that actually being the case. They're just looking at all of the, you know, the Game of Thrones stuff and going, "We need to find a use for all this now." Let's do Lord of the Rings again.
1: Yeah, we've got literally five thousand swords just hanging about. Yeah, let's do something with them.
2: Sean Bean's not doing anything these days. We can get him to be Boromir again. We don't need to pay him much because he's only he'll only be in three episodes.
1: That, that is true. Oh no, no, Rob, you you, you are badly underestimating their ability to pad things out.
2: Oh, oh, god, yeah. Yes.
1: Like I, I bet there's going to be half a season's worth of of Andamark shooting at one of me with an arrow, and then <laughs> the arrow misses, and Sean Bean just turns to turns the camera, gives a big old wink.
2: Is this going to be like the dra- the the Dragon Ball version of? <laughs> Get Lord of the Rings.
1: Yes, that's right. We're joining Frodo on his magic quest to gather all seven Dragon Balls so that he can summon (laughs) Smaug and wish away the Dark Lord Sauron.
2: See, if they were doing that, I'd I'd actually pay them to do that.
1: I I think unexpectedly, in the space of like five minutes, we've done it. We've fixed this idea. (laughs) Yes. So what's next, Rob? What can we fix next?
2: Oh, right. Uh, Universal's shared monster movie universe.
1: Oh, no, no, Rob. We can't fix that.
2: No, we can't fix that because the Mummy franchise has already happened and Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first movie in Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) that's
1: a film that exists.
2: Everyone forgets about Dracula Untold for good reason as well. But uh, the two major driving forces Behind the Dark Universe, Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan, they've both walked away from it. They're doing other things now. And The Mummy, yes, it got over 400 million worldwide, but that's nowhere near the amount that uh, Universal Studios were looking at for the remake of The Mummy. And the reason why they grossed that much was because, well, one reason was Tom Cruise, the other reason was because it was a summer special effects blockbuster type thing. And people want to see it just because, well, it's there. And so um, they've basically uh, decided they're going to cool their jets on the Dark Universe. They're not saying it's gone. They're just saying, maybe not right now. We're not too sold on the whole uni- you know tying all the movies together idea at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's right. But it's definitely not dead. Yeah. Wink.
2: It's just in development hell. Which, given that it's supposed to be dark universe development, hell is kind of suitable, isn't it?
1: It isn't. Shall shall you? Sh- the euphemisms, it's, it's development. The farm. Yes. It's just it's gone to stay on the development farm. Yes. I'm sure you'll see it again someday.
2: Yes. <laughs> so you keep calling it the farm, and I'm re- I'm remembering. You remember that uh, the movie about uh, Kellogg, the Road to Wellville, where they had like yogurt enemies and things like that. What? <laughs> I mean, I've seen The Road to Wellville.
1: I've not seen The Road what, what is this madness you're coming up with? There's
2: <laughs> a movie that came out about uh, about uh, Kellogg, the guy who, this, the guy behind all the cereals, and how much of a health nut he was, and I think it was Anthony Hopkins playing the lead role, and on this kind of health spa, farm, village, whatever it was, it had, like, yoga enemas and things like that. I, was just, I watched this movie, I was laughing. That came out of Hollywood.
1: Anthony Hopkins' younger enemy is scarier than anything that could come out of the Dark Universe. <laughs>
2: yes, 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 it is. Oh,
1: I, I, I can't say I'm especially broken up about the death of the Dark Universe.
2: <laughs> not after finding that out. So, uh, what's next? Uh, what's next for us? Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is this is. I'm not even sure how to process this. But this is not the weirdest story we've got today, because there's one that goes even better than this you know HS2 the high speed rail link
1: yeah it th- th- is also definitely going to happen
2: well it turns out that HS2 is messing with a bunch of projects across the country one of them turned out to be a little bit unusual than a little bit more unusual than most because it's being built by Alton T- by the owner of Alton Towers you know Merlin group it's being built by them oh. and
1: are they building a real life version of that Barker Card advert, where a guy just gets a roller coaster into work?
2: Kind of, no. Yes, and kind of no at the same time. Right. Think of famous adventurers. Who do you think of?
1: Indiana Jones.
2: No, real world. In famous adventurers, survivalists, that sort of thing.
1: Indiana Jones.
2: No, we just wish he was real.
1: Montana Jackson.
2: <laughs> I thought Montana Jackson was a biscuit.
1: Um, um Indianapolis Smith.
2: It's somebody whose name would be synonymous with uh, a certain type of barbecue.
1: Judge G- Foreman isn't an adventurer, Rob. No, Bear Grills.
2: <laughs> His surname is Grills. Right.
1: <laughs> this bit was brought to you by You can lead a horse to water, but can't make it drink. Productions.
2: Yes. <laughs> Merlin have apparently been working on developing, and they bought the land and they started uh, started stuff for it. A safe, captive environment with a cafe for afterwards and t-shirts and knives and fire starting kits for sale in the shop, all developed around Bear Grills. They were going to call it Bear Grills Land. It's basically kind of a living universe for Bear Grills, where you can do all sorts of things like zip lines and various whatever. It's, uh, a, a legit, apparently a 12, 20 million pound development, the Bear Grills Adventure. And Hs2 is interfering with that.
1: That's I, that, how, how does this work out then?
2: <laughs> I the first thing that I co- that I was really having difficulty processing was Bear Grylls Land, the Bear Grylls Adventure Land.
1: Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's god. There's there's a lot in this story. I, I mean, it, is the gate going to be like a massive replica of Bear Grylls' head when you walk through the mouth? I don't know. It's, what, one day I want a theme park with that. It's not Mad Mickelson. I'll take Bear Grylls.
2: I know. See, when they were in the article, the way they describe it, you know, the HS2, the high speed rail rail line, cuts through zones set aside for Bear Grills land outside Birmingham's NEC. Right? And when it said zones for Bear Grylls land, I'm imagining some twisted survivalist version of the Crystal Mace.
1: Themed areas. <laughs> yeah. So this is Zone One. It's the inhospitable, yeah, in in Inhospitable That's the word. That's how you say it. I forgot how to speak. I also don't remember what I was saying. So move on.
2: <laughs> so yeah,
1: Bear Grylls is fighting a train. That's that's the takeaway.
2: See, yes, that 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 works for me. Bear Grylls fighting a train. I, I I'm happy with this.
1: The thing, like, just every time it goes past, he's going to be standing there waving a machete, yelling, you kids, get off my lawn! Oh, no way, it's already gone past.
2: <laughs> yes, I like this. Anyway, very quickly, uh, final news Sorry, and this one, uh, this one takes a bit of description before we get to the punchline, right? And it has to do with anime. There is a multimedia project that is uh, being developed by Hakusensha and Takara Tomi, it's called Neko Danchi Nyanki High School, right? And basically the idea is you take high school delinquents and turn them into cats. And the main character is a character called Kagetora Chitani. He, he attends Matatabi High School, which is known in the prefecture for its idiots. He goes to pick a fight with a different academy, and on the way he takes care of a cat who was abandoned in the street, and that then turns him into cat. Now... Takara Tommy. Yeah, hang on. This is Why, the,
1: Rob? Why?
2: This is the punchline, right? Takara Tomy have decided to advertise this particular um, multimedia project, which will probably get an anime series, and they decided to advertise it at the Animate Girls Festival in uh, 2017 with a particular thing. And I'm going to give oh, you the this picture of that. going to end
1: very badly, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. Here you go. Are you ready for the picture?
1: I, I'm not ready for the picture, Rob. There you go. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm opening the Facebook chat now. I'm clicking the link. Oh, boy. That's... <laughs> oh, it gets worse from there. I mean, someone clearly heard the phrases, cats' pyjamas and dogs' bollocks, <laughs> and just decided, but what if we merge them?
2: Oh, no. It gets worse. The project's booth at the event is displaying a giant version of the main character, and who's also a high school student, in his cat form. He has a backside facing the attendees with but his... But
1: why are the balls on the boat, Rob?
2: Hang on. His testicles that's... protrude prominently. And here's the bit... See, that's not the weird bit. This is the weird bit.
1: Yes, you're right, Rob. This is completely normal.
2: No, no. This is the weirder bit, I should say. When people press on his testicles, the character who's voiced by an actual actor says uh, one of three phrases, and a, a free, clear file, uh, basically like a little poster type wallet type thing, pops out from underneath his jewels as if he's just pooed it out. And he says things like, Hey, where are you touching?
1: Oh, Japan.
2: Now, if that's not going to make that memorable. This isn't
1: even an affectionate, oh, Japan. I know. This isn't- Oh, Japan, why? Why why would you do something like this? Do do we need to have a talk? (laughs) I think we do. Is everything okay with you, Japan? Because it seems like it isn't.
2: I think we do need to have a talk with Japan. A serious, long discussion. Just kind of, why? I know it's memorable. I know people are going to remember the marketing that you've done, but why?
1: Well, I, I think the thing is, Rob, that bad boys They get all the pussy. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. Oh,
2: don't do that to me, (laughs) (laughs) Andrew.
1: See, Rob, that's why you should have just saved this story for Keyframe. The Geek Show's dedicated show to all things anime and cartoons.
2: I was tempted to, but once... uh,
1: Now I plugged your show, Rob, are you happy?
2: Yes, I am. I am. I am very happy. You
1: forget it exists one week and (laughs) never hear the end of it. I
2: I didn't bring it up. You're the one who brought it up. And besides... I thought I could do this on keyframe. This could be a story for keyframe. But I think it's going to be so much more fun if I, if I just put it in front of Andrew and let him go with it.
1: Yes, thank you, Rob. Thank you for shoving the, the cat balls in my face.
2: <laughs> and on that note, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Hello. I'm Professor Elemental, and whenever I'm not riding a badger around my grounds or hitting my monkey butler with a stick, I'm listening to the Geek Show, and my God, I love it.
1: My our brother died this morning. Even the monastery is no longer safe. You must go now.
2: I am Ulrich, envoy to the bishop. Word has reached him of a village that does not suffer as the rest do. They say it is a sanctuary from the Pestilence. I must see for myself how this village is kept safe leave at door. this village we're headed to there is talk of sacrifice of men eating men and of raising the dead
0: we're charged to bring the leader of this village back for confession trial and execution A journey into hell but god travels with us be on your guard nothing here is what it seems
1: hello do you like films well wow that, that's good we're over the first hurdle if you like films and you also like podcasts you should probably check out the geek show's only dedicated movie podcast cinema Clectica. well staffed with a trained array of helper monkeys we review all of the latest films every week and do it reasonably well
2: Welcome back, uh, and uh, now we've got something interesting to talk about. So, Andrew, what is it?
1: Yeah, we're going to have a discussion now, and I'm just going to shove all thoughts of Japanese cat-related material to the side, even if Rob has posted a link of how it works. <laughs> because now, it's it's time for a nice discussion instead. Yes. And today, we are going to be talking about historical TV shows. It was Bonfire Night fairly recently and to commemorate the 5th of November the BBC did a thing called Gunpowder which was which was one of the, you know historical docudramas Yes of The plot to kill King James the First. First 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 is yep that's the number I was going to say it had Kit Hampton in it as well
2: Yeah I know and he was oh, actually John Jon Snow he, he was bloody good as well
1: He was So anyway what we were thinking, to vaguely tie into it, what historical events would make good TV series Says,
2: Well, it, it's difficult because... It's
1: not a weird word to plural.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, it's difficult because the interesting ones have already been... You know, the big major ones, I should say. Not the interesting ones, but the big major ones have been done to death, like World War One, World War Two, the American Revolution, you know... Um... The, you know the warring States period the, you know uh the French Revolution yeah they've all been done to death so it's difficult to actually pin down some big thing like that but when it comes to the smaller stuff
1: yeah because I mean, that, that, that was kind of the point of picking this to say mm. all these shows they do seem to focus on just a select few historical events
2: yeah I one that uh, one that I was always interested in. Was the uh, you know the fall of Constantinople in uh, the 15th, in the 15th century, I think it was
1: Oh yes, that is actually one I had on my list. Is it it is
2: yeah because it was like great
1: minds think alike, and so do we
2: yes uh, it was uh, I think it was a 53 day siege, and the uh, the Ottoman leader at the time was twenty one. And it's
1: just a fresh faced baby.
2: Yeah, it was just a fresh faced baby. Um, so you could have like someone young playing the playing the Ottoman leader. I think it was Mehmed or something like that. And uh
1: I oh, mean look, it's gonna be Kit Harrington, Rob. Everything is gonna be Kit Harrington.
2: <laughs> it's gonna be Kit Harrington browned up, isn't it?
1: Look, if it works for Ridley Scott in Exodus, it doesn't work there <laughs> and won't work here either. Don't do it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Cast race appropriate actors. Yes. Your cloud atlas. Don't make <laughs> Hugo weave in Korean.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, 21-year-old leading his army and actually conquering Constantinople after a 53-day siege. And because Constantinople at the time was the... It was the capital of the Holy Roman Empire, wasn't it?
1: Yep, the, the Byzantines, as they um, we were also known.
2: It basically, the fall of Constantinople, it pushed... Um, you know, Greek and Roman thought to the West, which is why we, ha- which was what well gave birth to modern Europe. Um, but it also, um, <clears throat> he also took the title of Caesar because he would conquered the capital of the Holy Roman Empire. Those are some of the things that I remember from, uh, doing that history at school. But that's one of the ones that's always fascinated oh, good me.
1: Bob. You've made a good report. you can go sit down with the rest of the class now.
2: Yes. Um, but that's one of the ones that uh, that's always fascinate, fascinated me.
1: Yeah, and I think it would be cool because on TV we get a very certain view of the Romans. Yeah, kind if of it's everyone in togas and everyone's kind of sitting around doing doing important thinky things and everything's you know all gleaming and white and pristine. Yeah, and I think it'd be really cool to see a show where all of that's just completely gone to hell. Oh. Another
2: interesting thing about the Fall Saint novel, it was one of the first times um, that uh, artillery, you know, as in modern kind of artillery cannons, and that was used in warfare.
1: Nice, I do like some cannons explosions sell well.
2: Yes, and it's a fifty-three day siege. I mean, you could literally have uh, what one sixth of the year just dedicated to this siege, and then the you know the aftermath of it.
1: I mean, I, th- I think. I think a 53-episode-long season is maybe a bit ambitious. Well,
2: it's a siege. There's a lot goes on in a siege, isn't there?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I, I think it is a very interesting period. Mm. It would make a kick-ass TV series.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm sick of stuff like the American Civil War. I, I, I'm sick and tired of that.
1: But, Rob, we need the American Civil War so that we can have people tell us that racism is a bad thing. Actually, I joke, but... We we do need to be told racism is a bad thing.
2: Yes. Um,
1: racism is a bad thing, guys. Stop it. You should really stop doing it.
2: I, I found one interesting one that I thought might make a, might make an actual interesting, I don't know, kind of historical comedy type thing. Because um, you know how uh, the Beatlemania was this craze during the 60s when the Beatles went anywhere and they played their songs and the women used to faint over them.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Just like the Beetle Boggs menu of the early 2000s.
2: Well, they weren't the first musicians to have that effect because Franz Liszt was actually the first person to have that effect. Uh, he was dubbed as the world's first rock star and apparently there was one time he was doing a performance in Berlin and the women in Berlin, they got so frantic about him Uh, they would attack him, fight over broken piano strings, tear bits of his clothing and handkerchiefs to store souvenirs, and even kept his used cigar butts in their cleavage.
1: I I do now realise that I want a rock star set, ex-comedy, but with classical composers.
2: Exactly. It would be amazing, wouldn't it?
1: Please say you get to have, like, Beethoven or whoever it was that was around that time, like, as the stuffed shirt. Yes. Like, Damn it, List, that's not how you do classical music. He just goes, roll
2: over, Beethoven.
1: The man can't tell me how to play violin.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, piano.
1: piano. <laughs> that's what I said. It's yeah. fine, we'll, we'll fix it in the edit.
2: Apparently, uh, apparently, Liszt was, uh, he was quite the Casanova of the classical music world.
1: Oh, of course he was. Of course he was, Rob. I bet like he had a bunch of his shirts unbuttoned as well. Uh, well,
2: some of the women, uh, this was uh, particularly in Berlin, some of the women kept bottles around their necks for the sole purpose of collecting his used coffee grinds and put por- his portrait in their brooches. And- I mean,
1: that's, that's basically like the old-timey equivalent of having his posters on the wall, isn't it?
2: Yes. When Liszt finally left Berlin, the university cancelled classes just so its students could partake in the parade-like procession of his departure.
1: Like, you, you have sold me on this TV series. So, yeah. Okay, so that, that's two pretty good ones from you, Rob. And now it's my turn. Okay. And I was, I, was, I was trying to think of a bunch of, like, really obscure historical things that would work. But what I then realised is there's a pretty goddamn big historical thing that I think... Not necessarily hasn't been done, but hasn't been done right. Okay. Where's my good ancient Egypt show, Rob?
2: Okay, yeah, you've got a very good point there.
1: Because, like, the only thing I can think of, well, the only things I can think of in the past few years of in everything is Ridley Scott's Exodus, which, as I mentioned before, is about how Egypt was apparently a bunch of white folk. Tut.
2: I knew you were going to mention Tut. Tut. I, I, I knew you were going to mention Tut. Because the ones that I remember from before then were those really overblown, uh, things from like the 60s and 50s.
1: Yeah, like, like the full on Anthony and Cleopatra.
2: Yeah, the Charlton Heston Fests.
1: Again, lots of white people playing Egypt. Egypt is an Africa Hollywood. Africa.
2: I mean, do you know the clo- the only cat- the only actor that had that kind of fit in his role was Yul Brynner playing Ramses? I mean, that's just Yul Brynner, isn't it? Yeah. The thing is, Yul Brynner was just Yul Brynner in every single role. That's all he played. He had one... He was a character actor, and the character he was playing was himself.
1: I mean, whatever. If we can live in a world where John Wayne can play Genghis Khan, who <laughs> <they don't> even <laughs> cares? There's a
2: the point. Nobody's actually done a done
1: a good version of that either, have they? Actually, you yeah, have stumbled on it. Genghis Khan would be good as well. Well, I mean... Like, He he is a man who conquered most of the world. Yeah.
2: Well, not just that. I mean, uh, the Mongols introduced all sorts of things that people don't actually realize they did. Yeah, and.
1: uh, I mean, I think that. I mean, I'm getting this from a fictional novel I read. But did did they, like, invent firearms?
2: um, I think firearms kind of. uh, They were an extension of what was going on in China. But I think the Mongols kind of used them more effectively.
1: Yeah, yeah, they basically learn how to use them and like how to properly utilize explosives and stuff. Yeah, and how to do good cavalry attacks, which aren't just, "Hey, what if we take our horses and ride them on those people?" What well, we've got spears.
2: Yeah, the Mongol Empire—it uh, lasted for a while as well, and I think it was one of the largest empires in history.
1: Amazon, y- you want your Game of Thrones beater, Mongols? Yes, it's like wall-to-wall sex and violence.
2: Yes, it is. It's la lo- uh it's hordes of huge men on tiny horses.
1: Yep. Yeah. And also to go back even further, because I feel like just yelling the words ancient Egypt is maybe a bit of a cop out.
2: <laughs> yeah, true,
1: true. That's that's a fairly big period of history. So specifically what I thought would be cool is uh the sort of King Khufu Ooh, there it is, the guy I was gonna say built commissioned the building of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Yeah. And was also possibly, like, an insane tyrant. Yes. There's one story I've seen that he basically, like, sacrificed a prisoner so that he could see if a magician had resurrection powers. Oh, wow. Which, again, want your Game of Thrones beater. But giving you gold, Amazon. Yes. Giving you solid gold. Do
2: you know what would make an interesting horror? The Black Death. Uh,
1: I mean, I I was going to say the Babadook, but go on.
2: No, the Black Death. I mean, uh... Just you know the when the when that plague spread across Europe, um, in the 40- well, the, was-
1: the incredibly famous historical event, the Black Plague.
2: Yeah, um, yes,
1: I am, I am somewhat familiar with it. Rob.
2: Well, they're saying that there was somewhere between seventy-five to two hundred million people lost their lives.
1: Yeah, uh, was it was it like a third of the population of Europe?
2: Uh, thirty to sixty percent. They they can't actually figure out the exact number because. There was no set, there was no uh, record of how many people there actually were.
1: Yeah, that's true, I guess.
2: And just imagine. One of
1: the things that made people think, maybe we should take some kind of look at, like, how many people there are. Yeah. Just in general.
2: And, uh, because of that, you know, it, it, it would, it's kind of the perfect thing for a horror, isn't it? And you could actually have, like, a horror series.
1: It is, because at the moment, I think the closest we have is medieval film Black Death, which isn't really related to the Plague. But does feature Sean being getting torn in half by horses.
2: Okay. I didn't even know this film existed.
1: I, I think they've got to fight like an evil witch. Actually, it might be like an evil witch who is causing the Black Death or something.
2: See, I wasn't thinking... Basically,
1: it... My takeaway is it's possibly not a, a historically accurate account of the
2: Black Death. <laughs> possibly not, no. Uh, see, I was just thinking about uh, thinking about it in terms of there's so many people you know, losing their lives and that gives birth to all sorts of weird things.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, because it's super weird to me that you would want to change that stuff, it's like, let's just make it a witch or something. Yeah. When you already have, like, it's an apocalyptic-level horror story.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, I think that would but
1: be... But also, weird. this TV series is going to feature Sean Bean getting torn in half by horses.
2: <laughs> Do you just want to see that? That's That's,
1: look, I've I'm just I'm I've thrown that in, possibly with, like, a Plague Doctor in the background. Because Plague Doctor's a spooky Rob. They are spooky AF, as the kids say.
2: Yes, I know. I know. Um, I
1: don't know. I assume the S stands for Frighteners.
2: Yes, spooky the as The early
1: 2000s Peter Jackson horror comedy film. Was it Peter Jackson, the Frighteners? I thought was yeah, West... pretty it was Peter
2: Jackson. I thought it was Wes Craven.
1: No, no, it was definitely not Wes Craven.
2: Are you sure? Uh,
1: Frighteners. Yep, directed by Peter Jackson.
2: Ah, okay. Um... I'm getting confused. I always did love the poster for the Frighteners, though.
1: Yeah, just like the face poking out the wall.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but you know what? That's another thing we'll throw into the Black Death TV series.
2: Oh, yes.
1: Just, just a random ghost face. I don't care that a random ghost face kind of pushing its way through a wall isn't the accurate thing. It's getting thrown in there.
2: Oh, do you know what would be interesting? Do you know what would be interesting? A uh, TV
1: series about the founding of the Silk Road. Yes, Rob, I did think that.
2: I wasn't thinking that.
1: Well, I did. And I think it'll be, because, like, it's basically just like this gigantic trade route stretching across basically just all of Asia. Yeah. And just, just like from a purely historical perspective, something like that. It's always, it's always amazed me that, like, that was possible.
2: Yeah, and, uh, it, it is one of those, it's one of those defining things about, uh, about history that is overlooked by lots of people. Especially when it comes to media. Um, What I was thinking of in terms of history was, you remember the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand II, which led to the First World War?
1: Well, well, I mean, not first hand, Rob.
2: Well, you know of it, though. I was thinking, what if they did, like, the whole kind of plot to assassinate Archduke Ferdinand as kind of a spy thing?
1: Actually, that reminds me that this isn't an idea I can really take credit for. No. But it's something I read online and I think would be amazing because uh, the way Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated, yeah basically the guy who tried to do it, well, the guy who did actually do it, he, he initially tried and failed and like, had to run from the cops. And basically he was kind of just, afterwards sitting in a sandwich shop, just completely depressed about what a failure he was when Ferdinand's parade just drove past the shop. <laughs> <laughs> and he just ran out and shot him. And does not that not sound like the plot of a Cohen brothers movie?
2: Yes, it does. <laughs> that does sound like the plot of a Cohen brothers movie. Oh my god, the Cohen brothers doing a spy thing?
1: I mean, they kind of did because uh, there was a film that came out a while ago called Bridge of Spies.
2: Yes, they did. They did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well, like they wrote it, mm. and cause that that film always not kind of annoyed me a bit because all the really good bits of that film are obviously written by the Cohen brothers. But all the really bad parts of that film are where it's been obviously directed by Steven Spielberg.
2: Yeah, he's not the
1: best. He's very he's very mawkishly sentimental.
2: Yes, yes he is. I think he's been that way ever since E.T. Another
1: th- bloody alien ruined. <laughs>
2: he ruined Stephen King for us. <laughs> no, Steven Spielberg. He ruined Steven Spielberg for us.
1: And, and he ruined desert dumping grounds.
2: Oh, God, you're on about the game.
1: Yes. E.T., the game for the Atari. A video game so bad that the company that made it just had to pay to have it buried in the deserts. Didn't they do it? Because they had that many sold copies.
2: Have they actually done a TV show about that? Because if they haven't, they need to.
1: I mean, then once again, I think I've stumbled onto an amazing TV show. idea. Yes. Actually, just to fair I think maybe the early days of video gaming itself would be pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, actually. I'd probably be more interested in watching them than that bloody Rockstar thing that uh, had Daniel Radcliffe in.
1: Do you mean my uncreated pilot for Daniel Radcliffe as list?
2: No, not that one. I mean Rockstar Games.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, he was in that, wasn't he?
1: That happened a while ago. Oh, actually, similar vein. Oh? So, a book I read a little while ago. uh, Marvel Comics The Untold Story. It's a fantastic book that I recommend to anyone. And also, if you like books, you should listen to Literary Loitering, the Teachers Dedicated Books podcast. Yes. Hosted by two very witty, clever people. Yes. And also Rob. But anyway. <laughs> so, basically, the main takeaway from the book. The history of Marvel Comics is just full of complete madness. Because it's basically an industry which, right from day one, has been about like a hair's breadth away from completely collapsing. Oh, wow. And it's just like, it's, it's full of desperate plans to keep the wheels turning, massive ego clashes, and just straight-up wackiness. Like, th- there's a story about uh, a bunch of writers like Jim Starling and Steve Engelbert, who I'm sure will mean something if you're into comics. By the way, if you're into comics, we have a great podcast called Four Panel, <laughs> it's hosted by, by two really clever and witty guys. And <laughs> <That's> so Rob. <odd. laughs> yeah. But anyway, you had like those writers just sitting in the Marvel hallway smoking pot because that was their creative process—just <coughs> smoke a bunch of weed, smash out an issue of Doctor Strange.
2: That explains a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. If if you've read Doctor Strange or like early Captain Marvel, suddenly a lot of things make sense.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's it's all coming together now.
1: But yeah i just i found that a genuinely fascinating story and i'd love to see some kind of adaptation of it
2: that would be interesting oh you know we've overrun by a little bit
1: oh no well luckily the most important thing about history is that it's written by the winners so i say that this is always the length the podcast was
2: i am fine with this but yeah we are going to have to leave you for this week um so the Geek Show is obviously part of the Geek Show podcast network. I don't even know why I'm bothering you with that level of redundant information. All of our we shows... also have
1: lots of other shows. Yes.
2: That, uh, well, as many I've... of which
1: I've managed to subtly weave into the narrative of the show.
2: Yes, you have. Yes, you have. You probably
1: didn't notice.
2: Yes, you have. Um, the only one ha- that he hasn't subtly woven into the narrative of the show is Cinema Eclectica. So I'll mention them here. Cinema Eclectica. They do movies all of our shows are available on Apple podcasts
1: <laughs> excellent job Rob you you've sold me on it <laughs> yes.
2: all of our shows are available on Apple podcasts or audio boom or the podcast provider of your choice and if you're listening through any of those then subscribe it'll keep to keep you up to date with all the shows on our network and as you've heard we do have a good selection we also have a YouTube channel where we do like video game reviews and interviews and things like that so check it out We have a Patreon, so if you are a regular listener and like what you're hearing, then support us on Patreon. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter or email us studio at thegeekshow.co.uk Until next week, I have been Rob.
1: And I've been Andrew.
2: And we've been The Geek Show. We'll see you later.
1: Thanks for listening.